All right, welcome back. It's the week you missed, June 13th, 2022. I feel like I say this every week, but it was another crazy week. They're only getting crazier. There's like a whole week of news jam-packed into a day these days, sometimes jam-packed into like an hour. Uh, let's get right into it. Todd, how you doing? What do you got for us? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm certainly doing better than uh, Brett Kavanaugh and his family was last week when hey. <laughs> I took a road trip um, and was picked up outside or nearby his house with a gun, some zip ties, I think some duct tape, and basically had plans to kidnap and or murder uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Where, where was this? It was outside of his home in Virginia or D.C. or wherever he, or and, Maryland, wherever he And lived. how close was the guy to, to assassinating him? Like, did well, the guy... He did not get very close. And again, this goes to the guy probably being mentally unbalanced because he called 911 himself and said, like, I'm about to assassinate, you know, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Like, he basically ratted himself out. That's, that's a, a good way to get caught. <laughs> and, 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 you know, they've been they've been having protests directly at the houses of the justices following the, you know, the leaked opinion about Roe versus Wade getting overturned. Uh, there's been a lot of anger directed at the conservative wing of the court uh, for what they're about to do. And, you know, the thing I really wanted to point out is, look, I think, you know, and especially while January 6th, is, the hearings are going on and everything else, it's like, I do think that Trump's words and rhetoric absolutely helped lead to that event and made it worse, not better. I think he could have ended it sooner. And he is sort of directly responsible for that in my case. And definitely was a contributing factor at the very least. Now, the thing that I think is hypocritical is that once the leaked Supreme Court decision came out, you had congressional leaders um, basically saying that these justices don't know what they're doing and they need to help be held accountable. And I quote from Chuck Schumer, the Senate leader, um, he said, quote, standing on these steps of the Supreme Court, I'm telling you, Kavanaugh, I'm telling you, Gorsuch, you unleash the whirlwind, you're going to pay the price for it. Mm. Now, you know, that's not saying I want someone to go kill you or kidnap you, but... but the relation is it's it's similar to maybe what was had before. Well, I, um... there was certainly plenty of people that were even more explicit, and there were people getting banned off Twitter for direct death threats and all this, and like, I think when when we have, when this country is as unstable as it is right now to have political leaders making those kind of statements is incredibly irresponsible. Yeah. So similarly, I, I kind of thought of something similar um, when this all happened uh, or when the first announcement came out last week at 10 p.m. primetime, whatever, was last year when we had the protests that turned into riots, you had quite a few politicians I remember Kamala Harris pretty uh, distinctly saying, hey, these cities are going to burn down until we have justice. Um, that's kind of inciting what happened. And like there was a riot afterward. And it's like, hey, I don't think Kamala Harris caused the riot. She definitely didn't. I don't think she was behind the planning of the riot. But she said, hey, we need to burn the cities. And then the cities burned down. Hey, that's like probably not the best connection. Um, I do think that Donald Trump was a little bit more connected to this oh, than Kamala was a, a connected to the riots. But I also do still think we have a justice system where you have to have uh, inconclusive proof. And the fact that Trump said something isn't enough proof to, to mean that he was behind it. Uh, and it also, I'm, I'm a little curious, like 
why do you think all of this is coming out right now? Because I feel like, isn't it already past him possibly getting in trouble? Like, what's the motive for bringing all of this out now? Yeah, uh, the, uh, the hearings. Yeah, is it just to like make it look worse? Because that's what it seems like. But I, is anything actually going to happen from this? I mean, from a non-cynical standpoint, it was a big event. There's obviously a lot to investigate. This takes time. Um, and they're just having the hearings at a time when they're sort of ready to present their findings. Um, more cynically, you could say they potentially drug it out to be closer to election day to try to gin this up as an issue that people are going to care about. Right. Um, but, you know, I think it's and, I, you know, and I think that just the larger point to go and just to be clear, I want to say that she said she didn't like necessarily encourage the riots, but she was like, we're not going to stop these protests and encourage the protests. She also was behind promoting efforts to bail out people that had been arrested at protests. Yeah. Well, like if you take if you take little lines and stuff, though, too, because, um, like, again, I don't agree with what Trump did or said, and I do think he was connected to this um, a little bit. Um, at least a little bit, possibly more, but at least a little bit. But if you take his speech before the whole thing happened, he said, I want my protesters to peacefully protest and whatever. So it's like, you can take lines from anyone and make it look like he was bad and she was bad or he was okay and she was okay. When you take the whole speech, it's like they're both, uh, they're just talking. Well, I guess the, the bigger point that I think is relevant to both sides of the aisle, and I think especially now when we're at an unprecedented time of like violence and seemingly political instability, like it should really be the job and the moral responsibility of our political leaders to try to be turning down the goddamn volume on this stuff and not mm -hmm. whip people up. Like, I, right. like, like I'm not going to sit back and look, like I say, because I don't want to get branded as some fucking Trump supporter, but like what Trump <laughs> is exceptionally bad and led to an exceptionally terrible thing. And I personally think he should have been impeached for it so that he, we wouldn't even be thinking about him running for president again. Or sorry, not impeached, but convicted and prevented from running for office again. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like, you know, if you're talking about insurrection and destabilizing the government, the assassination of a Supreme Court justice is a pretty goddamn big deal. Like. And, and not to say that it even got necessarily close to happening, but the fact that this rhetoric was swirling around and you've got people out there saying like, you know, you're gonna pay for this. And right now there's a bill that is stalled in the house um, that Nancy Pelosi won't bring up for a vote that would increase security at the justices' homes. And it passed the Senate with bipartisan support enough to pass the filibuster. And now Pelosi won't bring it up for a vote in the house, which I think is irresponsible and incredibly dangerous. Um, and this isn't even going to the point that you know, while we have a freedom to protest in America, there are specific federal laws about protesting in front of federal judges' houses because they, people understand that it would basically be, could be seen as intimidation in trying to sort of interfere with the justice system. So while I fully support people's right to protest, you know, we have passed laws about this and I think they've even been challenged in court and they've held up. Like, you know, we need to understand that protecting this country's stability means protecting all the institutions and all the all the politicians no matter what side of the aisle they're on like i don't right. want anyone to go after bernie sanders or nancy pelosi or kamala harris i want them all protected i want them safe i want them stable healthy and like maybe they should all carry guns like the teachers <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. that's how you protect them <laughs> that they you know but they're i mean they're looking they all got armed security and all this but like this is just such a seemingly unstable and dangerous time i just really wish our political leaders could come together and at least agree but like look we basically hate each other's guts but like we don't want the other person to die 
in yeah. that when we hear people going crazy, we're going to be like, yeah, you know what? Protest at the Supreme Court. Don't go to their homes. Don't terrorize their families. Like, you know, I think that's a reasonable thing to say. You can hate the what? Supreme Court's decision and what they whatever might happened with with the Detroit or the Michigan uh, governor. Like, that was a crazy no. uh, plan. Did those people get in a lot of trouble? No, they all got acquitted because more than half of the people I think that were part of the plot were feds. <laughs> no way. They got yeah. acquitted? <laughs> yeah, no, no one got found guilty and none of them retried them because I think literally about half of the group that got arrested was literally either federal agents or federal informants. Mm -hmm. And they were able to prove that basically the people who came up with and pushed the idea forward were FBI informants. Um, or somehow related to the federal federal law enforcement. And look, the federal government has, a, and this is not a conspiracy theory at all. You can look this stuff up. Under the Bush days after 9-11, there was a rich history of people within the FBI finding people of like Muslim or Arabic backgrounds and finding, you know, that were saying things online that were critical of the U.S. and they'd go to them and they'd be like, hey, I see you don't like the U.S. Like this war is crazy. Like let's set off a bomb somewhere. And they'd be like, no, I don't know about that. And be like, oh, come on, no, we have everything for you. We have, here's the bomb, here's the thing, here's yeah. the thing, do it here. I'm, it's and gonna then, happen, it, to, in my opinion, it's probably gonna happen uh, with how many times it's come close to happening. Like sooner or later, something wild is gonna happen like that. Kind of like know. actually this weekend, the uh, the, the pride um, event that had like the U-Haul full of people in white masks go to go like cause a riot. Like these, um. These people are coming up with some pretty wild ideas, and uh, thankfully, a lot of them are getting thwarted. But eventually, they're going to go through, um, and it's going to be pretty wild. But uh, let me let me change uh, up the pace a little bit. So I actually I got two things. I uh, real, real quick on that. Right. I've been following that. So people are also speculating that this the, it was the group called Patriot Front and about 31 of them arrested in Idaho uh, outside of the Pride event. And who knows what this is, but a picture just started circulating today of one of the megaphones that Patriot Front was using had an FBI sticker on it. Now it could have been critical of the FBI, it could have been a property of the FBI. We don't know yet, but again, no like, here's the thing. I guarantee at least one of the people in that were getting cuffed up maybe more work for or FBI, FBI informants because look this is the way they bust these people this is the way you, you put informants in these groups and you get them now the degree is is are they literally just there <laughs> monitoring them and being like oh these people are up to some shit or are they actively helping push them forward and egging them on because if they're egging them on like I don't know about you but I don't want my tax dollars going to work about the FBI trying to plan terrorist attacks I think that's a really bad spend of dollars yeah but it kind of seems like entrapment too, like a little bit. Hundred yeah, percent. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, change it to something else. Uh, traumatic and horrible and horrific yeah. is. Uh, I actually have two things. So one thing I want to mention the last like minute. There's not much to say about it, but I got to get my AOC dig in for the day. We haven't talked about her in a little bit. But before that, uh, the economy is tanking. <laughs> it tanked on Friday. It's tanking today. Uh, when I say economy, I'm talking about the stock market, but economy yeah. in general hasn't been good for a while. Um, Joe Biden keeps saying like the jobs are good and the economy's as strong as ever. We're like the fastest growing economy. I don't really see how someone could say that. It's just a straight up lie. But um, markets are going down. I don't think it's the end. I think it's actually kind of the beginning. We still haven't really seen too much of a hit in the real estate markets, which I think is... Um, really one of the big cards that could cause a whole mess 
yeah. we still have fairly good employment where unemployment is another thing that could cause things to go that much worse. Um, and food shortages are still getting worse and worse. So I guess my question or what I want to think about is how much worse do you think it can get? Um, I believe Dow Jones is around 30,000 right now. Bitcoin is about 24,000. Um, what are what are rates right now? Rates are like four or five percent. Yeah, um, probably, probably actually like five and a quarter to five and a half. And but. I believe I believe unemployment rate is about four to five percent as well. So do you think this is as bad as we get in all of those metrics? Do you think we get a lot worse? How much worse? And how, how do you think we get out of it? Um, do you think this lasts for a year? Do you think this lasts for two years? Do you think we're in this for quite a bit of time? Um, I think that we are in the middle of the downward trend, uh, you know, and it's with, with anything, you can never spot the bottom. It's, you know, the, you, you never know when it's coming. I think that, however, though, I do think that there's still factors at play, um, that are going to create more crises that everyone is sort of predicting, you know, basically like ever since Russia invaded Ukraine, we basically have known that this was going to mess up global food markets and like, mm. And but everyone's acknowledging because the way like global food markets and grain, which Ukraine is a big exporter of a wheat, grain, whatever, is that, you know, it sort of lags because right now all the stuff that would be getting harvested and distributed now that will feed people in the fall and for the next six months after that, that we're not necessarily feeling that yet. And I actually saw something, I don't want to take us too off topic here, but, you know, I read an article or a thread on Twitter that said that Putin's sort of plan to apply pressure worldwide is to create basically a crisis in Southeast Asia and in Africa by, you know, basically creating widespread famines that would then create refugee crises into Europe and other countries, sort of destabilizing those areas. You know, and if that's true, and if that's actually what he's been planning this whole time, then like, he's sort of an evil genius. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, it's, you know, people that we don't like, we have to acknowledge when they have wildly insane strategic moves that in some way, you know, pay off. And, and so how know, will that help them? Explain how that help them? Just create just general chaos in the West and just create something that is gonna take the attention off of supporting Ukraine. Um, just the idea being that if all of Europe and America is busy trying to help, you know, fend off, 10 you know millions of people dying in africa um or in you know various other developing nations that they're not going to have as much time or money to put towards uh the war effort in ukraine i mean you know there's there's quite a few like uh things going on that are really bad that like don't have any headlines and any type of energy behind them for example and like the reason i'm bringing it up is because they're all pretty related or kind of related in a sense. Uh, there's a huge problem going on in the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like a civil war with some international um, conflict going in there as well. I, I wish I knew more, so I'm not gonna say so much because I don't wanna say the wrong thing. I just know it's not really a good situation. And the reason though why there's so much tension there is because it's a big deposit for a big mining place for cobalt and for other precious metals that are all used to make um, batteries like lithium batteries and all that, um, which people say that's the reason we're in Ukraine now also or Russia's in Ukraine is for the natural resources. So these, uh, these problems happening around uh, you'd think like, oh, Russia just wants to become or wants Ukraine to become a part of Russia, but 
there's other implications of there's natural resources at play. Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting how it's all going to happen. And it's like, what if we run out of natural resources or what if we don't have access to the natural resources in, in Congo or in Ukraine? How much will that affect uh, everything as well? Um, like we think about grain because grain definitely affects us like in the short term, half a year to a year, we're going to be feeling that. But what about if there was no way to make batteries anymore? And yeah. what if there was like a huge backlog on cell phones or on cars? So I heard um, one of my favorite podcasts to talk uh, to listen to is the All In podcast. It's um, mm-hmm. a bunch of billionaires just talking and they get very smart guests. But one of them predicted in the next year or two, there's going to be some large manufacturer that goes under not because they run out of money, but because they run out of resources and their supply chain just goes dry. Um, and they said like, um, it could be like a GM. They don't think it'll be GM, they're pretty big, but it's gonna be a large manufacturer that all of a sudden has nothing that they can manufacture anymore and goes under. And you're like, that would be wild, uh, but I don't doubt it. I mean, if this billionaire is predicting it, I definitely think there's a good chance of it. Yeah, no, and, and again, I think, and like you're saying, like the you know globalization is great until there starts being hiccups in the system and supply chains, and I think we are we are learning painful lessons over the past two years, and unfortunately, I don't think we have been, I don't think we have seen all the lessons that we will end up being taught. I think we're gonna still, I think we've still got some shit to come, and you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not super optimistic, but. Keep your expenses down. Keep your cash up if you can, and uh, get ready to, you know, look. Every time I go, every time I go shopping now, I've been buying some food to fill up our freezer to keep in, just to sort of have and make sure that just in case, if nothing else, you know, look. I don't think in America, I do not think we will have food shortages to the point where there's like wide widespread like famine or starvation. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to change our we'll have to change our habits and stuff. Yeah. That's what I think for the most part. For most people. And but you know it is going to be a real problem for developing countries around the world and other places where you know you don't necessarily have the sort of robustness of, of food supplies um, or supply chains. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, but I think, uh, you, I you had a little line, you had a line, it was a perfect segue for me, you said we didn't learn um, our lesson. So my last little like two minute segment, I want to hear what you think about not learning our lesson. Uh, one of my least favorite people in politics, Bernie Sanders, one of his biggest protégés and people under him, AOC, it doesn't seem like they have learned their lesson. Because why do I say that? Just this past week, it sounds like Bernie, uh, like Biden, will be running for president in 2024. Ooh. Which, who knows how smart of an idea that is? But whatever. But we already have AOC saying she is not committed to backing him. Yeah, I'm sorry, but how dumb can you be? If there's no one bet, like you're basically asking for Donald Trump to win, in my opinion. If you're not going to support the guy who's on your side you're basically supporting the other side and the other side is going to be Donald Trump. So AOC, what are you doing? I mean, you know, it's interesting because I, I just, I, I saw that at a gather yesterday or today or whenever she said it, but you know, and the thing that I don't get, like, I don't understand why politicians, like their whole job is basically lying. They lie constantly. Like she should have just said, made said, she should have just said, 
you know, if he's the nomination nominee, I'll obviously, you know, fully support him. Done. Way better, way more positive. Or, or even when he is the nominee, I will support him. Done. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand this, like, suddenly you just like draw a blank on a way to answer that question that, uh, you know, doesn't sort of cast doubt on him. Because enough people are already talking about it. So it's bad enough that people that are, you know, highly placed either by seniority or just through media visibility, can't at least just sort of understand, like you said, sort of the, the strategic reasons where you need to answer these questions in specific ways. And you're just adding fuel to the fire and helping Republicans. Um, and whether it's Trump, whether, look, I think if Trump runs, it's, I don't think we've seen anything yet in terms of problems for the country <laughs> that will literally possibly lead to another civil war. And I think it would be a very close election. I think with the Democrats the way they are right now, if Ron DeSantis or someone else could do it, I, and depending on how the next you know two and a half years play out, I mean, I think it's, it's be a long two and a half years. That's the thing. We uh, the way the way time is going, um, who knows what can happen in the next year? But Not I just uh, I don't get it. I don't understand the point of it. It just seems like an ego play. It's like, does that really help the country? Does that help your people, your constituents, AOC, or is this just to make you? look popular get back in the headlines and like ruffle people's feathers because that's what you want to do i have no idea all i know is these people are all narcissists and they're <laughs> yeah. all just love attention being on them i mean it's just i just don't even know like it's 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 very depressing that this is the state of our politics but you know i think oftentimes you know the people get what they deserve and what they voted for and here we are so yeah. It's definitely depressing, but it gives us something to talk about uh, and keeps that exciting. So that's for sure. Um, thank you. As always, that was a fun time. Hopefully things aren't that much worse by next week when we talk. But uh, if I were to bet, I would say they will be. <laughs> so we will see. Tom will tell. Have a good week, Todd. Much love, everyone. Peace. Peace.